Hey, what's up, what's up? It's your boy Slizzy. Shoutouts to everybody that be tuning in. This is episode 38, State of the New York Knicks podcast. I apologize about the start of the podcast. Anchor's app has been dysfunctional lately, just like the Lakers. <laughs> but I appreciate everybody who's a Knicks fan who tunes in. Appreciate the love and support. Now, straight to the podcast. Episode 38. Hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, my God, Mr. Mitchell. Hey, what's up? Yeah, Trying to get Apollo in here. Trying to see how long it's going to take him. But how you doing, though, brother? How's your day, man? How's everything, man? Yeah, doing well over this way, bro. Another another fine, sunny day, sunny morning. So it's a really good day. A lot of, not a lot of Nick news lately. Um, a couple of, you know, a couple of not like not really Nick news, but you know, as far as the draft is concerned, well, so I guess we could get right into that then, brother. Yeah, yeah. So you hear the news where they say the Knicks are looking to trade down. Yes, yeah, I'm reading that, and. You know, uh, Ian Bagley said you take it with a grain of salt. He said that the Knicks aren't seriously considering actually trading down in the draft. So I actually believe Ian Bagley. I just I, – I, I would like to know what's your take on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I agree. Um, I've I seen uh, the report come out, and then, of course, I've seen what Bagley um, said afterwards. And, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think they might be, like, maybe just have it in the back of their mind. I don't think they've actually, you know, been in talks with Atlanta or anything like that. I think they're, they're looking at all avenues. They're looking at all options. Um, you know, they're, they're not going in with just, just you know, one narrow-minded type sort of option. They're kind of looking at everything, looking at the landscape, I guess you could say. Um and, and actually, I'll, I'll steal a line from you. Um, I think they'd be hoping, like like you mentioned on the last podcast, that they could do this drafting after free agency because it would just make it so much simpler for them of what pieces they want to get around said superstars they bring in. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, so they kind of just got to, I guess, you know, work to the best of their ability of what they think is going to happen for them. And, and sort of go from there, I guess. Um, you know, like the, the report, one of the reports I was reading, which was talking about it, was maybe they were considering it so they could add, say, players that would complement a Kevin Durant coming in um, and not have, say, too many shooters, too many, you know, point scorers on the one sort of, on one side um, in the starting five type thing. So, um, I mean, they'll take it into consideration, um, but if they don't think it's going to benefit them, of course, then they're not going to do it. 
Um, I agree. Uh, I don't. I take it with a grain of salt. Um, yeah. I just think it's just the Knicks just doing their job. You gotta do do your due diligence. Exactly. As far as the trades is it, it come is it, concerned, um, I'm not really too concerned about it. I mean, yeah. if the Knicks was trade with the Atlanta Hawks and they say, let's say you do get a eighth pick and a tenth pick and a future first round pick, I wouldn't be as mad. But then again, it's like these last few drafts, you know, the eighth and tenth pick has has been underwhelming. Um, Frank Nilakina, Zach Collins. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dudes like Stanley Johnson. I, I, I'm just not too keen on, on on trading back. It's not the NFL draft. No, no. the NFL draft is, is more of a crapshoot than the NBA draft. So I'm not, I'm not too high on, 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 on you know, drafting, trading back, and and just drafting and just hoping the 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 talent. It would come. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm, I, I, I'm kind of curious though. If we was to do do that trade, who would you get with that eighth and tenth pick? Because I think it's a wait and see. I think they want to wait till the draft. Mm. Okay, RJ, and then you wait and see who falls. Now. Hypothetically, let's say a Jared Culver falls or a Jared Culver and a Cam Reddish falls. So you, you never know with these drafts. So exactly. I, I wouldn't mind doing a RJ Barrett for Jared Culver and Cam Reddish trade or uh, RJ Barrett for Cam Reddish and a Seiko Dumboya trade. It, it, it's, I, I don't know. What, what, what's your take on that, brother? Yeah, well, you know, as you mentioned, uh, NBA drafts, anything can sort of happen. Um, people expect you to go in top three or top five. You can sometimes drop out of the top three, top five and fall a little bit. Um, you know, I guess it's all, uh, like you said, it's a waiting game. It's a guessing game. Uh, you know, outside the top three, which is obviously pretty much set in stone as far as I'm concerned at the moment, um, you know, anything could happen. I mean, you got... Cleveland and Phoenix stuck in there at what five and six. That it, both teams are kind of are looking at, at guards, or in the Suns' case, point guard. I mean, so that that could take away like your, your Darius Garland and, and your Kobe White. Um, so I mean, it, just saying that that could make you know someone like a a Culver or a DeAndre Hunter or a Cam Reddish fall a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if it was on their mind, um, like I'll put a hypothetical out there. I read a report that Ja Morant's going to need minor surgery. Now, I don't know how the Grizzlies are going to react to it, but let's just say hypothetically they go, okay, we're no longer interested in him. We're going to take RJ. So take RJ completely off the board. Um, I would then... I would then probably consider it if that were, if it went down that way. I would really have a hard look at it then, um, just because I'm not I'm not as big on Ja Moran as I am say on on RJ Barrett or a Jarrett Culver or or a DeAndre Hunter. Kind of thinking the Knicks, you know, sort of 
apart from a big another big man to run with, Mitch, they kind of need your wings, of course. So, um, yeah, I don't think point guard sort of the question to, to look at there. So I'd probably go, like I told you the other day, if, if we did it, I'd probably go reddish because he'd be the more likely to drop out of, say, him, Hunter and Culver, I would, I would think. Um, and I'd probably go for um, Brandon Clark uh, for the 10th pick just to, to run with Mitch. As we discussed last time, um, you know, there's, there's not a lot he needs to improve. I mean, you want him to get a three-point shot, which, which, he, which we can get him in the gym training and shooting thousand threes and that. But, um, yeah, for me, it'd be Reddish and, and Clark if we were to do it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I believe he shot yeah, I, I agree because I believe yeah, Brandon yeah. Clark shot about twenty-seven percent from the three-point line. The initial sort of thing I'm looking at before he obviously develops that because shot. Mitch is kind of ahead of him in that race, so to speak, with the three-point shot. So at least having one of your big men out of the four and the five shooting a three, I mean that that's that's perfect for me uh, until, as I said, Brandon Clark really develops it, um, and that could kind of work defensive-wise. Yeah, I mean, wow. That that I, I'm just looking at it from a defensive point of view. Just damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. That that that. Oh man, him and Mitch. <laughs> That's yeah. definitely a, 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 a troublesome tandem right there. Cause I, I, I I'm. I don't know. I, I'm just not I, – I, I take that news with a grain of salt. Like I said before, you know, Ian Bagley say it has been talks. I guess the Atlanta Hawks um, PR department released that information. The Knicks are not seriously considering it. So I take it with a grain of salt. I think you just take R.J. Barrett. You take the guy with the highest ceiling and the third pick. You take. I was going to say, I, I, um, potential. I was reading an article the, the other day. Pick. And it does actually make a lot of sense to me. The The reason why, from a Hawks perspective, I don't think they're interested in doing it is I actually think they're looking at Jarrett Culver. Um, that, that, the article stated that if they had got even into the second or third pick, that the Hawks had their mindset on Jarrett Culver, that they would take him with pick two or pick three. Um so I mean, if they if they wanted to, a better trade for them if they want to get Culver would be with the Lakers to get the fourth pick, um, for the Hawks that is, um, and then they can get their man because they they seem to think that he would better fit in in Atlanta or uh, running alongside Trey Young and um, John Collins. Hmm, that's a great pick. That that's a great pick for them too. Yeah, I think that yeah. that would be the best fit for them as far as the lottery is concerned. Um, Jared Culver. Yeah, yeah, man. And he's kind of yeah. tall. Did you see the picture with him next to LeBron? Oh, I, I, I think we discussed no, this before. Be, but I swear to God, I think he's, he's going to be at least bro. RJ's height, <laughs> or maybe can't. even slightly, maybe taller. Like he, he looks taller than your just average six six. Put it that way. Yeah, he, he definitely do. I'm I'm really curious because I know you seen the pictures from the Lakers workout with Jared Culver, 
and you see the kid got a high vertical leap. Now, I seen his his arm is at the top of the box, like uh, on the basketball on the backboard. And I see that, and I'm like, okay, yes. Jared Culver works out for the Knicks on June 5th, and we got R.J. Barrett for a workout with the Knicks on June 10th. And I'm under the mindset of I'm going to pretty know who the Knicks going to take by June 12th because you know those first couple of stories come out, just like last year with Kevin Knox. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they had Kevin Knox through the one-on-one with Mikael Bridges, and supposedly Kevin Knox busted his butt. So I'm wondering if they would do like a one-on-one workout with RJ and Jared Culver and see who would get the best of who. I, I think th- now really that you brought that up, I actually think that, that would be a good idea true. because you know you see a lot of reports where you know uh, some higher ups in the in the franchise are, are high on Culver, um, some higher ups in our franchise are higher on on RJ Barrett. So if they're kind of split. Between the two, the best way to see, I reckon, is to put them against each other and, and let them go at it and, and just, you know, sit back, watch and, and take down your notes and decide out of the two of them which you think is going to better fit with the team, who um, which is going to complement more people on the team, you know. Um, if you've got a superstar in mind like a Kevin Durant, okay, which one out of the two do you think is going to better fit running alongside him? Um, so yeah, I, I think it would work, work in, in, in the Knicks favor to, to do that. Um, and, and when you do, I noticed, I, I mean, I've seen, um, a few teams do it in the past, both players seem to lift because they're like, well, hang on, this decision's going to come down to the two of us. So we've got to show everything now. So they'll put it all out on that court, even in a one-on-one situation. Mm. I'm kind of torn because <laughs> I see people who is yeah. pro Jericho, but I listen to everybody's podcast, Locked On Knicks, everybody. I listen to everybody. So when you listen to certain podcasts, you hear the bias with a podcast and they don't like RJ Barrett. You hear the bias with a podcast and they don't like Jericho. So I'm trying to. I'm trying to decide in my mind who yeah, would be the best fit for the Knicks. Because I don't want to pass up on Jarikova and pick RJ. Yeah. Yeah. And then I yeah. see Jarikova. I mean, there's, there's a similarity I've noticed between the two. Bro. And it's it's the two things that they're both getting picked, which we both know, is they're not the greatest of shooters, either one of them at the moment. Um you know, they get their points, you know, driving driving in the lane and, and, and that. So they're very similar in that regard when it comes to their offense. Um, they're the thing I I sort of can't wrap my head around, and I'm surprised. I mean, there might be teams that have got him high. I personally would have this other guy high, is DeAndre Hunter. I'm, I'm surprised he's not being in the conversation more considering what he did throughout the season, what he did to Culver in the final. He's got a better three-point percentage than both. Culver and RJ, um, he's a little bit more advanced than both those boys when it comes to his shooting. Um, Defensive-wise, we know what Hunter can do defensive-wise, but I'm just a little bit shocked. Like, the Lakers are obviously set on him because they like his two-way potential. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that he's not sort of thrown in there. Like, they're, they're, they're 
a hard decision between the three of them. Because um, that DeAndre Hunter too, he, he could be something special too. I, mm. I, I think um, that goes to age. Hey, well, he's older than both. Because he's a little, he's a much older prospect. Um, I think they mm. hold, yeah, so I think they kind of hold that against them. It's just the age thing. Um, this is this is a reason why I think they need to just get rid of that people can't come straight out of high school. Yeah. I think they yeah. need a deeper pool of talent when it comes to the draft. Because you got people like, it, it, it's just when you look at this draft from afar and you see, you know how, you got people who really yeah. watch college basketball. And you see how you always bring up DeAndre Hunter. And other people, we, we always try to bring up the randoms, the Jared Culver's, the, you know, John Morant's. And I think it has to be a bigger tool, a, a bigger pool of talent when it comes to the NBA draft. Because I got a name that nobody's talking about. Okay. That I think I think I haven't even mentioned to you on this podcast. But I've been looking at a bunch of dudes for the late first round or the second round. And there's a guy named Darius Baisley. So he's a six nine forward who skipped college and basically was an intern. I believe he was an intern for Clutch Sports, um, LeBron's agency. So he's going into this draft this year, and I believe for some odd reason he did not want to play college or whatever. But I want you to look up a lot of tape on this guy. Remember his name, Darius Baisley. He's a sleeper. Jalen McQuay is another sleeper that I like. Point guard, um, high school, New York point guard. So yeah, a lot of lot of secret talent out there. Yeah, well, um, but I, I want to know. As I said, oh, like you know, when they when they first were talking about the draft in the very first place, they they kept on saying the whole time, "Oh, we don't think it's a deep draft. We don't think it's a deep draft." And and it, I mean, when you look at it, probably isn't compared to some past drafts. Um, I just think it's deeper than what the media has put it out there. You know, I, I, there is talent after the first three. I don't think it's as Big of a drop off, say, as what they've portrayed in the with a few of them, you know, like there's not exactly a big drop off between, you know, your Jamarant, RJ Barrett, and 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 Jarrett Culver, and um, I know NASA Little has been shooting up draft boards again because uh, of workouts, um, you know. Uh, so I mean, even like late, if, I'm, I'm just looking at a mock draft right now. I mean, you've got. Um, you got PJ Washington that that's listed here at what number twenty uh, pick twenty two, um, Keldon Johnson. I know a lot of people are high on him, but they're sort of a little bit stand backish too with his with his injury history. Um, uh, another name, Bal Bal. Um, you know he's been sort of up and down, up and down. Um, another another big man that uh, out of Texas uh, that gets talked about a bit, but I think he's um, It'll probably take a little bit more to develop than a Brandon Clark and Jackson Hayes. Um, you know, so yeah, you've got a few I good like, people, yeah, like you know, and then you go into the second round, you've got your Taco Fall, um, an Isaiah Roby, 
uh, Carson Edwards, uh, Cameron Johnson from North Carolina, and I, I love Cameron Johnson in a three point in a three point world. Cameron Johnson on the wing, damn man, like he, he just nails three pointers. Um, six foot eight. How tall is yeah, Cameron six foot Johnson? Eight. If you don't mind me asking, ain't yeah, he's the he's. A, I remember watching him too, and I'm like, that's a big guy. I remember watching Kobe White bring up the ball. I'm like, yeah, Johnson's. He's big for a wing. Yeah. You got your Kevin Porter. Um, continue. In this mock draft, he's sitting at 31 to go to Brooklyn. Like, um, 6'5", 215. And we know we'll know about him. Yeah. Kevin Porter Jr.? Yeah, 31st we, on this mock draft. 31st? If the Knicks don't if the Knicks don't do right, I'm gonna yeah. be highly disappointed because I did not know that. I would I, I Frank Nellikina for the twenty sixth pick. Would you do it? Oh yeah, yes. And that'd be, you know, on the twenty sixth pick on this on this mock draft, it's Cleveland. Um, they got Naz Reed in the twenty sixth pick here on this mock draft. Oh no, I'm good. I'm good on him. I'm I'm good on Nas Reed. He had the highest body fat percentage at the combine. I'm good on him. <laughs> <laughs> he's six ten, two hundred and fifty five pounds. Like no, nah, I'm yeah. I'm good on him, brother. We got Luke Cornett. We got some bigs. We 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 got enough bigs. We, but I mean, uh, take for example, like your your guy you've mentioned for the second round, and I'm looking at him here. He he looks to be going around to the San Antonio Spurs, and that's that Jalen Lequeux. Pick forty nine. I mean, we we could get Jalen Lequeux with our own pick. What 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 was our pick in the second round? Fifty five or something like fifty six. Yeah, yeah. So Jalen Lequeux, if they, they've got him on this mock draft going about forty nine or fiftieth. So that's that. That's a yeah, yeah. I I agree because I if the plans if you're planning on getting two max contracts, you have to have. Cheap young talent on affordable contracts for four years. So yes. if I'm the Knicks, my first thing in order, I'm trying to come out this specific draft with at least three to four draft picks. Yeah, yeah. Because if you want to make moves, let's say you want, even though I hate this trade, but let's say if you want an Anthony Davis, let's say if you you want to, you don't want to pay that. Yep. You got to trade him because they're going to keep Alonzo Trey. That's Kevin Durant's boy. So they're going to keep Alonzo Trey. So I say the odd man now we got to be Frank Nilakina. But I would say the other man would be Damian Dotson, even though I love Dotson. <coughs> you got to understand he's not a Scott Perry no. pick, he's a Phil Jackson pick. And I'm, I'm just under the impression that. The Knicks are called by Cleveland to get Frank Nilakina, who would be a great backcourt partner for Colin Sexton. I think you just pull a trigger and you don't look yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, two, uh, just just to put two other sort of uh, random names out there, and, and I've mentioned both of these two before that we could look at as a second-round pick around the 55. Uh, they're projected on this mock draft to go at 51 and 52, and that's Admiral Schofield and Ignace Brothers. Uh, Braz Discus, one six foot five, the other's six foot seven. 
uh, the, the the second guy, I, damn, I wish I could say his name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to call him just Brazi. I can't, I can't really say the last name, but I'll call him Brazi. <laughs> I, Ignis Brazzi. <laughs> My only issue with him, I believe he had a short wingspan. Yeah, he had a little bit of a short one. Yeah. So, and 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 I think I think Fizdale is just going to be huge on wingspans. I think when you see a team when we draft this see this year, I need I need length. I need heights and yeah. I need length. I need a team where we want to have a lot of switchability because you got to, you got to, first of all, you got to think about who we're going to go be going against. We're going to be going against Giannis. You're going to have to build a wall against yeah. him. We're going to have to be going against the Raptors, hopefully, and Kawhi Leonard. We're going to have to build a wall against him. We're going to need some defenders, some bodies to throw at. And so you, you look at the, I'm not really too worried about the Celtics. I'm not really too worried about the other East teams, but those two teams specifically. And the Sixers, I'm not really too worried about them because Ben Simmons, he, he kind of shows me as a guy who doesn't have hot work ethic. So I'm not really too high on him like that anymore. Mm. So just just teams, the switchability is what you need. It, you, you, you need guys across the board. Wingspans is long and, and to fit – David Fisdale's system, the way I see it. Well, that, that's why I, I want Taco Four in the it. second round because no one's beaten him on wingspan. He just blew like everyone out of the water when he was getting his measurements. Um, you know, and and he's um, they were amazed actually by his footwork, which was actually a surprise when they went talking about it in the article I was reading. I was like, you know, he, he looks so. You know, in a few games I did see him, and he, he looked quite robotic. But they're saying he's kind of lost that roboticness, and he's actually moving his feet a lot better than he pretty much ever did in college. Um, and I noticed also he was working; they had him working on his three point and his free throw because those percentages weren't good either. So, yeah, the NBA is killing me. They try to get everybody to shoot threes, huh? Oh, I know, I know. It's pre- they're pretty much saying now, if you're a five, so if you're a centre and you can't shoot threes, you're not really going to make it or you're not going to do too well in the league. Um, and, and, I mean, I can agree with it to a degree. It, it looks like that's the way it's heading for the big man now too. Thank you, Steph Curry. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, some big men, they just – they just can't shoot the three. Like, that, they could be all right at the free throw. And we saw how long it took, say, someone like uh, DeAndre Jordan to be half decent at free throw shooting, you know. So, I, I just yeah. I look for in a big man. If he can't shoot three straight off the bat and if he's never, say, consistent at shooting three, if, if he can at least get me, you know, a mid-range game and he can shoot his free throws, that, that's, that's what I want out of my, out of my centre. You know, I don't necessarily need a centre that can shoot three. Um, even if it just, even if it's just a guy who can go, hey, I'll, I'll just fake it every time I'm out here. So someone will come running at me. So I'll take a defender away from someone, you know. Um, and then as he fakes, throw it to someone else who's just become open. You know, <laughs> like um, <laughs> people do it all the time. So I'm not really looking 
for a center to to specifically be able to shoot threes. What what you really want from your center is as long as they've got a decent free throw percentage, because you don't you don't really want your players missing free throws. They they are important, um, and as long as you can defend the paint, um, you know. I, I, I know they're saying like guys like your, your Greg Munro type style of centers kind of becoming obsolete, but I, I still think there's a place for them. You know, you, you still need your big man in there that that can defend those boards and, and block shots around that rim. You know, so I don't think they're totally that those type of centers are totally useless in the league. I think you can find a use for them. Um, you know, I, I think I'm more looking at a power forward that I want to be able to, you know, you stretch four. So uh, as long as I've got a power forward that can shoot a three, um, I don't need my center necessarily being able to shoot threes. I do. do I, this is why I love Fizdale and the coaching staff, because this goes mm-hmm. into my next thing. This, uh, when you look at player development, yeah. you look at players across the league, I'm going to give you a big one, Clint Capella. We, me and you spoke about Clint Capella a couple weeks ago, a couple podcasts ago, and we said his clear evidence of not shooting the three is affecting the Houston Rockets. Yeah. And do you blame that on him not wanting to work on shooting the three? Or do you blame that on coaching and staffing and development on them not getting him to shoot the three? Because you see other guys like Anthony Davis, yeah, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Nikola Jokic, and you see how these guys are shooting three. So what do you like attribute that directly to? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the coaching. I, I don't think they've... Um... The Houston coaching's put enough emphasis uh, or worked too much with Capella um, on shooting threes. Um, I, I don't know why, but you can it, 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 just when I see him play, you can sort of tell that. Um, and I, I have seen a little bit of clips here and there, um, and say when you know your before game footage and that, and they never really in shoot around have him out anywhere near the three point line. So. I don't think it's a matter of he doesn't want to shoot it or he hasn't tried to bother shooting it. It's, I think it's just that they've had him doing other things, uh, I guess. Um, they've pretty much turned him into <coughs> your old school big man. You know, just stay in the paint, mate. Block your shots. You know, get your rebounds. You know, run up the court. Um, get your lob. He's, he's sort of in the same mould as, as DeAndre Jordan. Like, DeAndre Jordan doesn't shoot threes. But what DeAndre Jordan did improve, as, as I mentioned earlier, was his free throw shooting. Um, I don't know if it's too late to try and get DeAndre to start working on a three-point shot. I'll, I'll probably say maybe it might be because he's 30. But, um, you know, it, it, I, as I said, going back to Capella, I think it's more on the coaching staff. I really do. I, As I said, I've, I, I've always sort of been half and half when it comes to Dan and Tony's systems. Like, I've... I've liked it from an offensive perspective, but then you look at it from, say, defensive perspective too, and it's not that good. And he, he, yeah, I just don't think he's really pushed the issue because he's had James Harden there and he's had Chris Paul there. He's had Eric Gordon there, you know. Um, It sort of goes back to, again, like with LeBron. LeBron didn't come out shooting threes when he, he came in. So 
you know, Cleveland or Miami, they had to surround him with shooters. Um, which you can't say the Rockets haven't exactly done because, as I just mentioned, Eric Gordon, Chris Paul, James Harden, uh, Gerald Green when he when he's on. Um, and I think PJ Tucker too can sometimes put up, put up a three-point shot. But they just haven't bothered with, with Capella. No, I don't think they've really bothered developing that at all. Um, and, that, and, and it's cost them. It, it, definitely in this, this series, it's cost them. So, I watch Kevin Knox videos, and it just makes me so happy that the Knicks is just putting so much time and effort into this kid. Because when I and I see that he's six nine, and he's two fifteen, he got the seven foot wingspan. You seeing these workout videos? You mm. know he's taking jab steps. I seen a video, and when I look at it, Kevin Knox's handle looks much better. It looks way tighter. Yeah, yeah. He looks a bit stronger, and he looks a bit taller. So when we talk about player development and you get a guy like Kevin Knox, I don't want my Kevin Knox to turn out to be an auto porter. No. Bad player development. <laughs> Bad player development. I'm just yeah. giving Stanley Johnson, yeah. bad player development. I don't want my guy to be in a box. No. no. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate Fisdale for really putting his time into this kid because I really think regardless of what superstar free agents come in, next season, I, Kevin Knox is going to start. And I think yeah. he's going to take a – I think he's look, watching all of these people who's arguing over him on Twitter – I'm one of them, and he's watching all these people say Kevin Knox is trash and Kevin Knox in this, that trade, and, oh, Kevin Knox didn't do nothing his first rookie, his rookie season. I got to remind people, the man played with horrible point guard play all season. I had to watch multiple months of Emmanuel Moutier. But I don't want to hear about Kevin Knox being bad. <laughs> I thought he had a better combination with DSJ. Like the times I actually seen them two on the court together, the chemistry was a lot better. I found. Uh, yes, yes, and I, surprisingly, Kevin Knox got better after February. Yes, after we traded for Dennis. Twelve, four point five rebounds. You want to know what Brandon Ingram averaged? I don't even want to talk about it. You want to know what Giannis Savage's rookie season? 6.9 points. You, you, you have to give certain kids time. I understand Kevin Durant coming here, people saying the times don't align. Well, the timelines don't align. Kevin Durant is a different player to me than LeBron James. I don't, I don't see Kevin Durant as the guy who needs to dominate the ball all the time. And, and the, I was going to say, the other thing, Say about about KD, and this this is nothing on LeBron. It's just LeBron. I've known LeBron always to be like this, but I don't think KD is going to be the same as LeBron. Come in, you know, kind of as people like to say, kind of hold a team ransom for who he wants. I don't think he's that type of person. Um, he, he's not going to come in and say, "Right, oh, well, now now this is my New York Knicks. You know, you're going to do what what I want you to do." I don't think KD's that type of person. Like he he might suggest, 
you know, these are the players I get along, I'm friends with and I, and I know I can play with or I've got good chemistry with, um, you know, so I'll throw these names out there, see who you can get for me, see who you can bring in, you know. I, I think he's more of a, a work with type person instead of a demanding type person. I've never really seen KD in, in that light, like as in a, a demanding sort of person, like this is the way it's got to be, otherwise it's just not going to happen for me type thing. I think he, he's willing to give and take type thing with, with the team that he's on. I've seen it at OKC, um, you know, he, I've seen it with, with Golden State and with Golden State, of course, he's, he's kind of had to sort of take a little bit of a back. Yeah, he, yeah, his his game is beautiful, but continue, continue, right? Um, and I'll just add too, just on the subject too, they're missing him. I don't care what anyone says, they're missing him. They're going to lose this series without his help, and that's kind of obvious. Um, Kawhi just killed him in that first game, and 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 so did and so did um, his running mate, as I like to call him, Siakam. Um, but that's another topic. <laughs> Siakam, spicy P, oh, spicy P. Spicy, the heat. He, I was watching the back into the last oh, time you talk about this game because yeah, I think you like, know KD, that, as I as I said, uh, I think I actually mentioned on the last podcast. Um, as I said, his personality is totally different to LeBron, so he's not going to demand anything. He's not, you know, he's not going to say, you know, get rid of all these people. I'm, I just want these people. He's not that guy. Um, and as I mentioned, it's not like he's going to come in. This is just my opinion. He's not going to come in. He, he might not even say that he wants. He needs Kyrie straight away. As I said, he's already got DeAndre there. He's already got his little brother there in Trier. He's already got his best uh, one of his other best friends, uh, Royal, on the training staff. He gets along famously with Scott Perry. He, his business manager has been rumoured for quite some time that if KD does sign with the Knicks, that uh, Rich Kleiman will get offered. Uh, a front office position of some. Oh, hell yeah, he will. Hell so, I mean, yeah, with will. all that just <laughs> in effect, and that's before you even say, oh, do you want Kyrie or do you want Kawhi? So he's got that family tight-knit friendship group there already. So it's not a necessity that he needs to come come in and say, all right, I definitely need this guy now. You know, you, he's got DeAndre there, who's a former All-Star. He might not be an All-Star now, but he has been an All-Star. Um, you know, he's got two future all-stars and, and I'll, and I'll guarantee that they're going to be future all-stars, um, in Knox and, and Mitch. Um, I'll even go as far as saying borderline all-star when it comes to true, he could, he could break it there, you know? Um, and he works hard. Those, those three, I think the thing that he's going to, yeah, the thing that yeah. Kevin Durant I is going to see straight off Trent. the bat when he comes into New York into New York Knicks, is you're going to see three very hard work. I'll actually say four. Four very hard-working young men in Alonzo Trier, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, and Dennis Smith Jr. I've seen little bits of highlight videos of all four of them since they've been training this off-season for them. And all four are just busting their ass, man. Like, that, that work ethic. Oh man. Exactly. And and this should really oh, shut down all yeah, the haters yeah, on Kevin Knox so because happy. I've been trying to tell people the whole time. Calipari said this whole time, yes, he's going to take a little bit longer to develop. And yes, you do need to keep him locked in. You need to keep him interested. And that's going to happen as he matures, which Fizz is, is, is working one-on-one with him. Um, he's going to instill that type of thing in him. 
But Calipari said the whole time, this kid is going to be a star. Just just have the patience. Just be patient with him. He is going to be a superstar. I, I'm i telling you now, he, he he could easily get on the level of Kevin Durant eventually. Like, easy. I, I have no doubts about that. Purely based on he's not lazy. And you can see he's not lazy in... No. You know, he, he might yeah, have had that little yeah, lackadaisical, you know, sort of feeling back in college and that. But he know he knew coming to the NBA, it's a, di- it's a different ball game. It's a different breed. Um, you know, you got to be on your game every night, and that's being instilled in him. That's being instilled in all these four young guys I just mentioned. Um, so I think KD is going to look at those four guys and go, "Well, you know, this is a good situation to come in." You know, he's not coming in with four guys that, oh, cool, we're getting KD, so we can just rely on KD. You know, they're, they're going to keep pushing. He's going to make them even push even harder and, and better themselves. Um, and, and the other thing I did want to say, just on a slight tidbit, I can't see the Knicks trading any of these four guys I've just mentioned at all at any time um, because I wouldn't think that they would go and put out videos for Knicks fans to see what they're doing with those those four. I, I think they look at the four that I've just mentioned, that they're – Robinson, Knox, Trier, and, and DSJ as the as the core going forward, the four core. Um, and, yeah, they're not going to put these videos out showing the improvements, showing how hard they're working, just, just to get rid of them, um, you know. So I really believe that... Yeah, I was going to say, I just, I just really believe that those four aren't going anywhere. Um, I think they're going to be patient with all four of them. I think they're going to take the time to develop all for them because they know what they've gotten all for. They 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 can sort of see into the future. I think Scott Perry's looked into these little crystal balls, so to speak, and he can envision the four of them being on a Knicks championship team, helping the Knicks win, you know, multiple championships. Um, because they're just they're just showing it, you know. Um, as I said, I think late last season they were all four came alive, all four were showing improvement, especially in Knox's case. And um, all four are going to step up again next season. We're, we're going to see a different Dennis Smith. We're going to see a different Mitchell Robinson. We're going to see a different Alonzo Trier and different Kevin Knox. Um, and our, I think by the end of next season, maybe even halfway through next season, the doubters out there on any of those four guys are, are, are going to be shut up. Like They're, they're just going to be made to shut up and, and swallow their words because – you know, I, I don't think you could find four more hardworking young guys. And, and it's really hard to get the young guys to work as as hard and focus as hard as what, what Fisdale's got these four guys. But their focus is on point. They just want to get bigger. They want to get stronger. They want to get better. Dennis Smith, we know, has got that mentality. I, I want to take the point guard game to a new level and make, make it I'm the best point guard in the game, you know. So I like that mentality. Um yeah, they're, they're just as I said, KD's going to be happy with at least those four. You know, he's not going to want any one of those four to go anywhere. You know, I find it interesting mm. that you bring up how the Knicks are showing the kids on the Knicks Instagram. And I was definitely going to mention that because when you go to the Lakers nope. Instagram, you don't see a picture of any of their kids in sight. Yep. yep. <laughs> and you only see a LeBron picture. <laughs> so that means to me 
that the PR department is just telling the fans without telling them, look, guys, we're not trading. We're not making no trades. We're doing stories. I think the Knicks just put out stories for us to have these arguments and discussions. You, you get what I'm saying? I think they do it. I think they know when to put out a story. Yeah. I think they know when to get Knicks fans agitated. But over the course of the season, I've always followed Instagram, and that was the most noticeable, noticeable to me. Even over, even since the season ended, you know, you see the workout videos with Kevin Knox. You see the, the videos with Mitchell Robinson shooting threes. And I think this is another marketing yeah. tool. Yeah, that he is. So I think this is another marketing tool that they're saying, hey, look, we have this young core, and we want you to come join these young guys. These are your young guys. And you can help us bring a championship. I see those four guys, just like you, help to bring multiple championships to the Knicks. Um, I see we signed Kevin Durant to mm. these four years. By the end of his contract, he should be 35 years old. Um, and you got to think about it like this. In four years, Kevin Knox is going to be 24 years old. So I'm looking... <clears throat> For now, I'm looking at now, and I'm looking at the future as well. Just like um, I listen, I, I love this guy, but Jonathan Macri, uh, I probably said his name oh, wrong, but he runs the Knicks Film School podcast, and I listen to him a lot. I probably listen to him damn near every day. So he's he's one of the podcast goats. So we definitely salute you for my podcast, brother. But he said that the Knicks are trying to have their cake and eat it too, whereas they think they could keep their young guys and add max free agents and veterans to join the roster and without making any major trades. So I think if you get a, we add a guy like RJ Barrett and I know for sure that we're going to trade back into the first round. So we, let's say we get a Michael Porter jr. And we yeah. had a taco fall. So we got six young guys. Basically half a roster moving forward. And we need, let's say we get Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant could bring him. And he could bring any five veterans he want. Well, I would count yes, DSJ. Yeah. I mean, I would count um, DeAndre Jordan in that group. So I would say... Four veterans. So you say Kevin Durant. You say DeAndre Jordan. Now you got four nah. guys. What four guys do you want? Do you want another Max guy? Do you want a system guy who's going to take less money and you could keep cap flexibility? Because yeah. don't get me wrong, brother. I wouldn't mind Ricky Rubio. <laughs> like he 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 can't shoot. He, well, he he's got a jump shot, but. I wouldn't um, mind Rubio as my backup point. I like Rubio. He's or, or, good. He's a dog on defense. He's ne- never been yeah. anything wrong with him defensively, and he's not exactly the biggest biggest guy out there, but he tries his little heart out. I, I, I love watching him play. Um, passes. Yeah. Yeah. He, his passing ability is beautiful. Um, I know yeah, the question marks are always yeah. been on his shot, but 
I've seen games where that dude's gone off for 30, 40 points, man. <laughs> like, he's just, yeah. he's just gone off, man. Um, <laughs> you know, most, most of the time I've always looked at him in the Rondo light. You, know, he might, you might be lucky to get – he might get you 10 points each game or something like that. But um, no, he worked really hard, I, I believe, on his shot, like last off-season. And he was shooting that ball this last season better than I've ever seen him shoot it. Um, you know, so he, he obviously knew that it was, uh, you know, down part of his game he, that he had to work on. Um, as I said, he's not going to go out there every night and get you 20 points, but he does have his games. Um, but more for his defense and his, and his just ability to see the court, um, the way he gets that ball around at the Jazz, I mean, that would be enormous to see with the Knicks. Um, I've been thinking actually too for the last week, no, I don't want two max free agents. And, I, and I'll tell you why. I'll... Uh, Bringing KD in here, I've, I've, it's really been playing on my mind. He wants to be the man. He wants to have his own team, right? Yes, so, yes. Continue your point. Though, I, yes, I think you, we we think yeah, the same thing. I, that's that's why I said uh, I've said the whole time. It's no good putting KD and AD on the same team. They're both alpha dogs. Um, they're well. In AD's cases, I like to say he thinks he's an alpha dog, but he has pretty much been for the last seven. Yeah, he knows. Um, he's not going to want to take a back seat. His dad sure as hell doesn't want him taking a back seat to anybody. Hence, why he was trying to sway him away from the Lakers. Um, but yeah, so you're not going to team two guys like that up. I even think to a degree. Now, yes, they're friends. Now, now, Ooh. yes, him and Kyrie are friends. But I even think to sure. a degree they might end up butting heads in the in the long scheme of things too. So no, I'd prefer to bring him in as the max guy. And then go get, say, four guys I'll name right now. A Julius Randle, a Patrick Beverly, a Carmelo Anthony, and uh, a Vince Carter. It's funny. Mm. My co-worker mentioned to me Julius Randle. 21 points, nine rebounds. And he was talking to me about Julius Randle. You get another guy, Mm. switchability, Tough on the glass, could get the ball, bring it up the court, yeah. kind of like yeah. a, a supercharged Noah Vonley. And he's talking to me about it. He took nine million dollars last season. And if the Knicks were smart, I don't think I want two match contracts either. But my reason is kind of different from yours. My reason yeah. is as I'm watching the Houston Rockets debacle go down over there. And I look at Chris Paul's terrible contract. I'm like, damn. That's $40 million that I wouldn't want on my Knicks roster. And if we pay KD $38 million, I don't think I necessarily want to pay another guy on my roster $30-something million over the next three years. And if I do decide to do that I feel like I need some rookie con- rookie scale contracts because if yeah. one of my guys get hurt I need a guy to step in exactly. this is my issue with the Anthony Davis trade I'm not willing to pay Anthony Davis 38 million as I like to say I'm not paying him 38 million to sit on his ass in the stands either <laughs> you know 
that. I, I agree with you because I've watched yeah, the Rockers. And at first, when I, when I seen CP3 so. go there, I was just imagining the possibility. In my head, I thought, oh, this could be a really good combination. Unfortunately, it just hasn't panned out that way. Um, that's probably a lot to do with he's been injured a lot um, when they kind of needed him and Harden to get on that court together and, and do their thing. Um, but the other thing is, is, is having two big contracts like that, I mean, and he's gone down, they haven't really had any free money, say, during the season if injuries happen to, to bring in someone else that might be on the free agency list and that because they haven't had a lot of money to play with. So that, that's another aspect, I reckon, of bring in KD and pay him, but then, mm-hmm. you know, don't sign another Max. Bring in other guys that are going to fit well with him and complement him. So you still got money during the season if you so need it, if something happens, you know, like, for example, and, and I don't like saying it, but, you know, we've seen it with Gordon Hayward. Let's say we get KD. First game of the season, he comes in, goes for a dunk, lands wrong and breaks his leg. We're up to no, no, but you know what I mean? Like, freak accidents like this happen. And, and that's what I think about in you know, all the time, especially now, um, you know, especially when someone is getting older and, and they're heading into the sort of the twilight of their career. Um, you got to have that security there. Um, and so, you know, uh-huh. if, you, if you had another max free agent, you're not going to have – it's just going to be so tight for money, it'll be unbelievable. Um, yeah, that, that, yep. And real quick, this is why if you get two, free, two max free agents, I'm not willing to part with the kids just for that reasoning. And yeah. I look at it like this, right? Look at the Lakers situation. We, I would love to be if, – if I'm any other team, real quick, I would love to be in a situation. You got a superstar. You got Brandon Ingram. You got Kyle Kuzma. No, you got Lonzo, no. And you got – They've got the perfect storm there. They just, for some reason, but, don't see it that way. But when you have an incompetent organization <laughs> – who does not see it that way, and you got fans who's on Twitter who's saying, trade the fourth pick, or we don't care, and and you you see how they're divided on it. It's like, I'm not willing to really do anything funky as far as trading my young guy. And I mean, because you brought up the rocket situation, this is my opinion. If the Lakers do do what I think they're going to do and go all in on Anthony Davis then they're going to end up in the same situation, just me personally, as the Rockets. They're going to have two guys that they're paying over $38 million and they're going to have no money left to really do anything else with, you know? Like, they're going to be cap-strapped, you know? Um, and in the Rockets' case, which will be in, come the Lakers' case as well, it, it, it's just not feasible. It's You just can't... You, you're not going to get far, you know? I, and I, this is why you, when 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 I hear Scott Perry and he say the word prudent, <laughs> and he and he use these calculated words, I believe him. So I 
I try not to really think about these trades. I, I try to, you know, and, and you know, like calm myself down when people talk about this and whatnot. You know? The only other thing I was going to say now, when it pertains to free agency, and because no, I'm a realist, right. I like to be realistic, you know, I've already taken some big names off the board because it just seems logical that they're not going to come to the Knicks. They're going to stay or go elsewhere. Like Kawhi, for me, is just automatic for me. I think he's staying in Toronto, even on a short-term deal. That's what I think he's going to do. Clay, I just can't see leaving Golden State. Kemba, I can't see leaving Charlotte. So, I mean, there's three big names gone off the board as far as I'm concerned I straight agree away. With that. Um, so, that's another reason why I've thought about, hey, let's bring in KD and let's look at the next tier down. Let's look at a Tobias Harris. Let's look at a Julius Reynolds. Let's look at a Chris Middleton, you know, um, a Jimmy Butler even, you know, um, because if someone said to me the other day, I mentioned Jimmy, but, oh, no, don't bring Jimmy Bay. He's a cancer. He's bad. No, I don't think that's the issue. I don't think it's ever been the issue. What I think that I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened in Chicago. I'm not 100% certain. No. This is just my opinion on what happened in the, at Minnesota. He, is, he hasn't got a problem with playing with young guys. He's got a problem with playing with young guys that are lazy. And I love Cat, but when Jimmy got there, him, Wiggins, they were all lazy. They just didn't want to work. They didn't want to put the effort in. I think that's what pissed him off is it wasn't the fact that they were young. It's the fact that he knew how talented they were and they weren't showing it and they weren't showing it to him, you know? And, you know. Yeah. Wiggins is so With, with both him and with Towns, so the thing I didn't oh like God, about Wiggins him is, so is they had a big sook. That's the pain in these years. What you had a big sook because Jimmy yelled at him in practice, and then they made a big hoo ha out of it. And oh, Jimmy's the bad guy, and you know, no, no, no. He's a veteran that knows what you can do, knows what you're capable of, and he wants you to be the best version of yourself. He doesn't want you to go. Oh, okay, we've got Jimmy Butler now, so we can go on cruise control. You know, so I think that's what the issue was. I also think that's what kind of the issue was. It, in, in is in the 76ers as well. Not with Embiid, but with Ben Simmons. I think that's the issue there is, okay, I see this big guy who's got all this talent, but he wants to get lackadaisical at the best of times. Doesn't look like he's putting in 100%, you know. Um, I, it's, it's crazy because I agree, man. I... I, before mm. months ago, if you would have told me, would have told me this, I would have disagreed. I think I agree now because now that I look at it, Wiggins is terrible. Oh my god, he's so god awful. Um, Towns, <clears throat> he's going to get better. I believe Towns is a hard worker. He's a kid from Kentucky. I just, I, I just honestly think he's going to leave the Timberwolves once his contract is up. For just for me personally, but. Wiggins is just terrible. Um, that's oh, why people care. I, I don't no. like the Kevin Knox to Andrew Wiggins comparison. They're just two different players. They're, they're, they're two different players. They come from two they, – they're just two different guys, two different personality traits, two different guys. And I, 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 just, I just look at Jimmy Butler. Will he take a pay cut? Can we go to Jimmy Butler and say, hey, look, we got KD for $38 million. Would you take $20 million? 
<laughs> so we can add to I think he'd be up I'm really trying to figure out how because yeah. if people really want to play with KD, if, if if people love Kevin Durant the way they say they do. See, I, I would say a guy like Jimmy Butler would. Major pay cut um, for the simple fact is, unlike KD, Jimmy's still on the chase for a ring. So I think just being able, I think he'd take the pay cut because of his personality. He's more about wanting to, you know, say, be the best at being a two way player. And he also wants that ring. He wants a championship before he retires. So when guys sort of get into that mentality, I don't think money is a big factor anymore like it may have used to be. Um, it'd be different if Jimmy Butler already had a ring. He might be like, well, I just want to get paid now. I, I want to be paid. But no, I-, I think he's still at that stage. He wants a ring. So teaming up with a friend and with a guy like Kevin Durant, I, I think he would be willing to take a pay cut. If, if say, Jordan Jordan came out and said, nah, I'm not paying you, Kemba. Go elsewhere. I'm not paying you. Right. Kemba, because of his personality... Um, he's a, he wants to win. He's not about the money. So again, I could see him taking a pay cut. My guy Kyrie, I couldn't. I could not see him taking pay cut. No way. Um, yeah, I love him to bits, Hell but no. I couldn't say, see him taking a pay cut. And <laughs> no way. And as I said, you you really got to look at the the player, the person themselves, and you go from there. As I said, you got Jimmy Butler, Tyus Harris would be another one. I I, I don't feel. Feel he'd have a problem taking a pay cut or a backseat. Julius Randle, um, I don't see him having a problem. Patrick Beverly definitely wouldn't bloody have a problem. He just wants to win. <laughs> oh, I, oh man, he's he's one of them dudes. I I, I definitely want to be able to see. You want to know what's so funny? We've been talking about well. Yeah, I want, him, I want him to stay. Allen. I want him to stay. I've always wanted him to stay because he is tenfold better than anything Moody could produce. Um, I, I definitely want him to stay too. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, Moody no, 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 Moody no. I don't want to watch another Allen, I personally <laughs> thought ran <laughs> circles around Moody like, I, I, I think uh, his defense was brilliant. Um, his speed, uh, you know, just his style of play. I, I love that hard-nosed, dogged style. That's why I love a Pat Bev. And I think if you had those two boys and a Jimmy Butler, uh, again, he, he's got that real dog in him, you know, like I love hard guys like that who fit the New York mold. You want guys that are tough. You want guys that are going to be, you know, as much as a bully as they can possibly be without getting you know, penalised or stuff like that, you know. Um, I, let me let me ask you a question. How would the locker room be if we had if we had Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, mm. Patrick Beverly, Carmelo Anthony, yeah. Yeah. and DeAndre Jordan? Because they they all their mentality the would of rub kids. off on the kids. So you would start seeing aggression and, and toughness out of Knox. You you. you I mean, you already kind of see that with Mitch, but it'd be brought out even more. Trio would become even more aggressive and, and, and tough. And, you know, Patrick Bev- oh, 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 that's there. That's who I want to work with, Alonzo Trier. Just purely for his dogged defense, Patrick Beverly working with Alonzo Trier, bro. Like, if Trier could, yeah, if 
Trier could be defensively oh like Patrick goodness. Beverly, just all over you, heaven. in your face. <laughs> you know, I don't care if you're six foot nine and I'm six foot fuck all. I, I, I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to, you know, push you around. I'm going to get in there, you know. Like, man, all, all, all I can say, yeah, those, those are the type of guys oh. I want to be brought in and who I think KD will want in because he'll look at it from the perspective I'm looking at. I want New York guys. I want guys with attitude that are going to fit New York. You know, we're, we're, New York's so used to having a guy or a few guys on the team, like yeah, a Charles Oakley type of person. Um, you know, you just you need that toughness, and, and I think that's what KD's going to want. Um, so that that's why I think it'd be perfect to only pay him the max and then bring in these other guys because you'll have the money to bring in these guys. You'll have the money to fill out that team quite nicely, where it's really balanced from a from a both an offensive and a defensive point of view. I so here's we here we go into the last segment as we get into this game two of the NBA Finals, and I'm watching the NBA Finals. And you see a lot of height, you see a lot of length, you see a lot of positionless basketball, you see a lot of Pascal Siakam, who trained who was training with Kevin Durant, by the way, last summer. Um Raptors, what is bro. your Oh I've got no I got no clue saying that fighters. straight out about Raptors are still saying the Raptors in six. Um I said to myself and I said to my my girlfriend, too, because she's a big Toronto Raptors fan. She loves Kawhi. Um, I said, if they win their first two games at home, they got this. I said, it's those two first games at home that are the most important. I've always believed, too, that usually the team that wins game one and usually goes on to win the series. Um, and I just felt it was important. I said, if, if, if Toronto can win their first two games being in Toronto, to go back to game three to Golden State, it's going to send a message because Golden State would be 2-0 down. Um, and I sort of just worked it out this way. This is the way I worked it out in my head. And I explained to my missus about this. I said, what I'd like to see is a Raptors go full blind. They go boom, boom, game one, game two, that's ours. Now, they go back to game three. I'm not expecting them to win three in a row. So they'll drop the game in game three to Golden State. Then I want them to win game four in Golden State before going back to Toronto and winning the damn thing in game five. Taking the whole thing. Taking the whole thing in Toronto. <laughs> I, I, yeah. 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 I, yo. Toronto I got five or six. I yeah. got yeah. Toronto in six. <laughs> and I, I'm going based solely off of what I seen the last time Kawhi was mm. on the same court with the with the Warriors in in the play in the playoff nope. setting. No Zaza Pachulia to do no tricks around with his feet. Ain't nobody going to injure Kawhi this time, so it ain't nobody to run from. Draymond Green needs to prove everything that he spoke to Kevin Durant about as far as, oh, we don't need you. and You need to prove it tonight. <laughs> you need to prove it this series because my only fear about Kevin Durant staying in Golden State is if the Warriors, they go down in the series 2-0, 3-0, 2-1, 3-1. Kevin Durant comes back, and they win the whole damn thing. 
that's the only thing that'll kill me. But besides that, I think it's going to six games as well. I think it's going to six games as well. I think the Raptors are definitely going to win tonight. Most, I think they're most definitely going to do that. Um, June 20th is the draft. Um, we should have more Nick news coming up soon. By next Sunday, hopefully, we could get some more Nick news. Um, we should definitely do our next podcast after the Knicks host both workouts for both Jared Culver and R.J. Barrett. So we can have a little clear vision yeah, upon who they're going to um, draft with the number. I, as I said earlier, I, I think if they can uh, if they can do a one-on-one just to get a gist, um, I think it would work out well perfectly to, to be able to go, right, now we definitely know we've got our mindset on this guy and that's who we're going with. Um, but for me to, to, to really have your clear-cut winner out of the two of who you want to go with, I think they need to be put against each other one-on-one. Most definitely. So, I'm going to get out of here, get ready, set up the, set up the TV stand. Yes. I'm about to get in tune to this basketball game. Um, I hope everybody love us at State of the New York Knicks. Um, my yeah, I just wanted to say to all Knicks fans out there listening, we, people, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, we appreciate everyone that's listening, that, that follows us. Um, June 20, the draft's coming up. Um, so until then, um, you know, enjoy enjoy the rest of these finals and keep your eye out on the videos coming out um, hopefully within the next week or so on uh, both these two prospects that, that obviously our Knicks are looking at the three pick. And uh, let's hope we get a clear-cut winner out of the two of them. I, I'm, I'm still picking RJ, though. <laughs> Is the draft? I'm praying to God that the Knicks the right choice. I hope we get this shooting guard position solved finally, hopefully. And I'm just hoping that we have more good news coming out. Nothing energy coming out from the Knicks Nation. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate the fans of the podcast. This is State of the New York Knicks, episode 38. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Go tune in to the NBA Finals. Mahalo at y'all. Peace.